Well, good morning. Today we're going to go ahead and study God's Word again. You know, in today's teachings, it seems like over the past, um, I don't know, several months or so, I have gone to Romans chapter 12 a lot and quoted from chapter 12. And what I want to do now is begin a three-part teaching, three-part series, if you will, uh, in Romans chapter 12 and Romans chapter 13. You know, but as I think about these scriptures, I'm also reminded of the Apostle Peter, who in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 12 uh, said that he would not be negligent in reminding the believers, the, re- the readers, those that he was writing to. And today we are the recipients of God's word. And he said he would not be negligent in reminding them to stay established in the truth. To stay established in the truth. And of course, the word of God is the truth that we are to establish our lives upon. We can look at the world around us today and we can see the chaos and we can see the mess and everybody's got their opinions and everybody's got their reasons and everybody's got the things that they stand upon. But I'm here to tell you and and the thing that I preach is that Jesus is the answer. He is the answer. Bottom line to every situation, to every problem, Jesus is the answer. And in the Word of God, we find the answers to the circumstances of our lives, the situations of our lives. In the Word of God, we find the power of God to get us through this life and to take us unto that day when we will ever be with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we have to stay established in the truth. So, As I teach the Bible today, and I will mention this as I go on, I'm sure, it's, yeah, I'm speaking to believers. You know, in one one way, I guess I'm assuming that uh, you have been born again. You've been born again of the Spirit. You've repented of your sin. You've given your life to Jesus Christ. Wholeheartedly, you've committed yourself to Him. There's an assumption that I make when I'm teaching this way. But also when I teach, I'm also reaching out. You see, the name of this ministry is A Love Outreach. The name of the website, the YouTube page here, everything, A Love Outreach. And I believe that God showed the greatest love of all in the outreach that He made in Jesus Christ. These are the facts. This is what God did. It's not just what I believe. It is the truth. Okay, God reached out to the whole world through His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So if you want to know the way through this life that we now live, you have to know Jesus. If you want to know the truth, you have to look unto Jesus. And if you want to have life and life more abundantly, like Jesus promised, we have to look unto Him. So again, it's very important that we stay established in the truth of the Word of God. So that's where I'm coming from with this as we begin this teaching. That's, that's you know, what this is all rooted and grounded and founded upon, and I'm going to take you into the Word of God. So if you haven't done so already, you can open your Bibles up to Romans chapter.
chapter 12, okay? And actually, you know what? Before I take you on into Romans chapter 12, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the Word of God and, and what it does in our lives. Now, if you listen to me in the past, you might hear me quote these verses that we're about to go through a lot. But again, I don't want to be negligent in making sure that you are established in the truth, right? So now that you've opened up to Romans chapter 12, you can go ahead and mark that page and then go and find 2 Timothy chapter 3. It's here in the New Testament to the right of where you are in Romans. I want you to find 2 Timothy chapter 3. If you find one book that begins with the letter T, they're all right together there. So 2 Timothy chapter 3. And I'm going to read verses 16 and 17 and talk about those with you here as I read through them, okay? Because again, we're, we're, we're making sure that we are established upon the Word of God. So very important in everyday life, okay? For everyone. All Scripture, verse 16, is given by inspiration of God. Now let's pause right there because this is a very important fact that the Bible, the Word of God, points out to us all, okay? The fact that all Scripture, what is written in the Bible, was given by inspiration of God, okay? So in other words, the people that wrote what we have in the Bibles today did so under the leading, the inspiration that was given to them by God. So a lot of people like to say today, well, the Bible's just written by men, just the opinions of men. Okay? Well, that's not what the Bible says about itself. It says that it's it comes from inspiration of God. That's why we call it the Holy Bible, the Word of God. Okay? So the words that are written in the Bible, they originated, the Holy Scriptures originated from God. And this is important for all of us to understand as we read the Bible. Okay, Because I've known people in my life that, that have read the Bible cover to cover two or three times, and it never impacted their lives. But yet, when I picked it up for the first time to read it, I was born again through the Word of God. And the difference was, as I was coming to it, believing that it was the Word of God. I was coming to it when I was at the end of myself, at the end of me, done with my own opinionated, self-centered, sinful life. I was done with me, and I was coming to God and coming to the Word of God to hear what God had to say to me. Okay? So... But it is easy if you pick it up and you're looking to pick it apart and you're looking to say, oh, I don't want to believe this. But I still encourage you to read it because I believe in the power of the Word of God to change your heart and to renew your mind. And we'll talk about that more as well. But again, it's just important to us to understand that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, okay? And it, again, it has the power, as Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 tells us, to change you, to cut deep inside of you and to change you, right? But you see, if the Word of God um, and God wanted mankind, right, you and me, to have in instructions for this life, 
So he used the Word of God to do that. He used the apostles and he used the prophets to write it down and to, it's been preserved through all these years, throughout all of these centuries, that we still have the Word of God available to us in our lives today. Uh, Do you know how many people in this world are missing out on God's best for them? Because they don't know His will for their lives. How can you know the will of God for your life without knowing the Word of God in your life, right? So, and I'll talk again about that a little bit more as we go go on. But again, all Scripture, verse 16, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Think about that. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped, for every good work. So when, when we talk about a man of God here, or a woman of God, right, someone that has given their hearts to God, that's what this word is going to impact. Because you're going into it saying, how shall I live? How should I change the things I do? My opinions, my thoughts, my viewpoints, maybe things that you were even raised up in, a certain way of thinking, a certain bent that was placed upon you in life, but it doesn't line up with the Word of God. What do you do? Do you stick to it? Do you say, oh, this is what I am. This is what my dad was. This is what my mom was. This is how I was raised up. I'm staying this way. Well, you can't come to the Word of God like that. You have to come to the Word of God dying to yourself, taking up the cross and being ready to follow the Lord. So again, the Word of God is is what God wants us to know about His will, right? And His Word, the Bible, the Holy Scriptures, guides us into His perfect will for our lives, which is to walk in good works, as it says there, that He has prepared for us. This is what the man of God, the woman of God, the person that has surrendered their lives to Him is to do. They're going to walk in good works. They're going to do good things. Again, this is very important that that get established in your heart and in your mind. That if you're coming to God, because again, I know many people can point fingers at Christians and say, well, look at that Christian. He says, she says, they know God. But look how they live. We talked about that, I believe, the last time we gathered together for a teaching. Hypocrites, right? They exist. But what about you? Are you going to be one? Or are you going to go to the Word of God, see what it says, and then choose to live out what it says? Okay. So the Word of God um, is profitable to us here. right? We see in verse 16 that it gives us doctrine. The word doctrine there is just another word for teaching. right? So the Word of God, that, that which is taught. And there really needs to be a doctrine from the Bible that our lives is founded upon. If not, you're tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine and you live in a chaotic world and you're going to take an opinion, you're going to take a stance and you're going to go in one direction or the other direction. But what I'm pointing you to and what the Word points us to, the Word of God, is being in the will of God. So we need a doctrine That's from the Word of God, and that's what the Word of God is. It's doctrine. It's teaching to us, right? 
If you're not rooted and grounded on the Word of God and what the Word of God shows us is His will for our lives, then, like I said, your life is going to be chaotic. Okay? Don't be fooled. Uh, you do follow some form of doctrine in your life right now. And, and, and if you get all of your, your opinions from news stations and you get all of your opinions from Facebook and what others are saying and you're just following the crowd and you're just joining in, you're not standing up for the Word of God, then, then your doctrine is whacked. And you may say that about the Word of God or about me. But you really would be saying it about the Word of God because I'm just pointing you to the Word of God, right? So the only question is, is the doctrine that you follow of the world or is it of the Word, the Word of God, okay? It's common sense that the foundation of your life should be built upon the founder of your life, right? Your creator, the one that created you, the one that created all that is, right? The very one that gave you the breath in your lungs, Almighty God. Wouldn't it make sense that you would serve Him if He made you, He created you? Wouldn't it make sense that you would do that? And you would let your doctrine be based upon what His will is, your, what you're, you're taught, what you learn, Right? So you see, the Bible gives us doctrine, right? Or teachings that we can base our lives upon. Now, I know that some of you, again, you know, are already upset with me thus far, right? Well, don't let yourself get uptight. You know, stop this video, this audio, whatever it is you're listening to right now, and and do something else that makes you happy. But if the Word of God has been pricking your heart lately, or the Holy Spirit has been pricking at you lately, poking at you, jabbing at you, maybe that's why you're here listening. And again, maybe I'm just preaching to the choir. Maybe there's just only believers in Jesus who agree with what I say here. But my hope is, is that the Word of God, this outreach, the outreach that, that was started by God, in which he so loved the world. God so loves you. And my hope is, is that you will receive God's love today and surrender your life to him. Because you see, the choice is yours to follow God or not. And I'm not trying to be, you know, ignorant to you or arrogant in any way when I say stop the video. But I mean, if it doesn't make you happy, you know, and you're going to get angry, and you know, about what I'm teaching, you know, maybe you just should turn it off. But otherwise, if you know that the Lord is drawing you to Him, maybe you should listen, okay? But this is a decision that you must come to within your own heart. No one, you know, not even God Himself will force you to come to faith in Jesus Christ against your will. He's given you that free will. You have the choice to make, right? It's totally up to you. And and believe me, I am not here to invite you to a religion or to a church at all, or to join me in my opinion, okay? I'm pointing you to the Bible, okay? And I'm going to point you to a faith that is built upon something solid, something that never fails, the Word of God, Christ Jesus Himself, the living Word. 
He wants to come and indwell your hearts today. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. That's Jesus, and that's what He wants to come and establish you in, grace and truth. Okay. Verse 16 also states that Scripture is profitable to us for reproof and for correction. Now, this is so often an aspect of the Word of God that people do not like. It's often an aspect of the Word of God that I do not like. We don't want reproof sometimes. We don't really want to be corrected. Okay, That is until we're wholeheartedly committed to the Lord and we want to live our lives on a daily basis as His servant. At that time, the Holy Spirit... When someone does that in their lives, they commit to Jesus. At that time, the Holy Spirit begins to make a change in them, which we will also discuss here when we get back to Romans chapter 12. But finally, we see there in verse 16 that the the scriptures instruct us on righteous living. And, And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to do what's right. Again, not join the crowd all around us in the world, become opinionated and start going out and do this, but but make a change within us first. You know, remove that plank from our own eye where we're looking to knock everyone else down for the way they are. Remove the plank from our own eye and then we'll be able to see clearly to see, well, it's just a speck in someone else's eye. But it starts with you, it starts with me, and it starts with a change in our own heart first. And that's what I'm pointing you to here in these teachings, these next three-part teachings here that I have. I want to point you to Jesus Christ who will change you from the inside out to make you different so that you can make a difference. Jesus will make you different so that you can make a difference. Okay? So, again, He wants us living in righteousness, right? Not what's right in the eyes of man and not not what's right in our own opinions and preferences, but rather doing what's right in His eyes. That is in the eyes of God. And where do we find it? In the Word of God. That's why we have the Holy Scriptures, right? So we can know how to do good works, what to do and what not to do, right? So that what? So that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So I hope that as we're going through this teaching, that it will reach into your heart. I'm going to continue to read to you here today from the Word of God and continue to expound on it like I'm doing And I do so hoping that if you've not already done so, you will give your heart to the Lord God today. And if you have already done so, I hope that you will examine your heart today. You know, under the pure light of the Word of God, so that you can be sure that you're living in a manner that God wants you to, and that He has laid out for us in the pages of the Holy Bible. Bible, the scriptures, the word of God. 
So now let's go ahead back to Romans chapter 12. But I wanted to establish you in that. This is what the Word of God is about. This is how it applies in our lives, how we are to use it in our lives, what we are to let it do unto us as people who are followers of our Creator. Okay? Romans chapter 12, this along with chapter 13 of Romans chapter 12, I believe is of the utmost importance for us, especially with the present day circumstances in our world. Okay, We're not going to get all the way through, through that chapter 13 today. We'll see how far we'll get here because um, I don't want to keep you too long. But if you get a chance, read 12 and 13 today yourself all the way through. Okay, And think about it. And think about the present day situations when you do. Okay, But verse 1 of Romans chapter 12 I beseech you, therefore, brethren. Now, I'm going to pause right there because this is a very important thing for us to understand here as well. This letter, this epistle, as it is called, is from the Apostle Paul, who wrote this letter again by the inspiration of God, as we just established. And he, he's writing it to brethren, right? That is, it is written to those that have already come to faith in Jesus Christ. So as we stroll through these scriptures here today, if you're watching or listening, again, like I mentioned earlier, if you've not been born again of the Spirit through faith in Jesus Christ, as the scriptures teach, then it's possible that this teaching may not have much meaning to you as of yet, if you've not been born again of the Spirit. Because it is written right? It is in the Bible written to the brethren, those that have come to faith in Jesus, right? Those that are believers. But you're not excluded from the teachings of the Bible because it is written in a manner so that you may come to know the knowledge of God's will and then begin to walk in His will. Okay, so that's how it's laid out, too. So it's written here for everybody. Don't get me wrong. Right. But but God wants us to walk in righteousness and in godliness. So even if you haven't come to faith in Jesus Christ yet, keep listening. And the Holy Spirit will work in your heart through the word of God. Okay, but the Apostle Paul here, by the inspiration of God, he's pleading with the born-again Christians here. And he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So you see, most people, unfortunately, most people are conformed to the world. And boy, do we see that in our present day and age. You know, someone posts something on social media it may be a rumor or a speculation and it travels around the world like that. And before you know it, it, you know, who knows what can happen? I mean, before you know it, stores are out of toilet paper. 
because someone posts something, right? And, and people just follow along like lambs to the slaughter. People are conformed to this world. The, the terminology could be the drink in the Kool-Aid, right? In a modern day vernacular. It was just whatever gets said. And then everybody's got to come up with an opinion on the present day circumstances, whatever it is. And, and that's a life that's opposite from trusting in God. When you're conformed to this world, you're not trusting in God. See, we are to be, the Christian is to be seeking first as our top priority, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then the things we need in life, God adds to us. But our focus, brethren, the, we should be living sacrifices, living lives that are holy and acceptable to God, right? But people are conformist. And that is the nature of a person that is not wholeheartedly trusting in God, has not died to themselves, taken up the cross and followed after the Lord. See, before you come to Christ, before you're born again, there's first the death of your old nature. That person that you were trained up to be, raised up to be in the world, conforming to the world, there needs to be the death of that person. Okay? And not only that, but the fact of the matter is, people don't care about living righteously, do they? Or, or really, people don't even care about knowing the will of God for their lives. You know, they'd rather just run with the crowd, be a conformist. But the brethren, those men and women that have been born again, should be presenting themselves completely to God and not conforming to this world. Okay? And, and unfortunately, Christianity as a whole, in, in many ways, has taken a turn toward the world over all these years, over many years. It becomes about politics and social gatherings and all of this kind of stuff. And we find ourselves far away from the truth of the Word of God and what we should be doing, how we should be living. I've been praying, Lord, help me with the plank in my own eye. You know, I, we've got to be focused on how we should be living ourselves in accordance with the Word of God. You can rest and you can trust in God's will for your life if you allow your mind to be renewed from conforming to this world and you're transformed to walking by faith and not by sight and not just jumping on and latching on to everything you read on the news. I don't care what news station it is. And this is something that needs to be the focus of our everyday single lives, not, I mean, every day of our lives, not conforming to this world, but making sure that we're being transformed by the renewing of our minds, right? Jesus told us that, again, we have to seek first the kingdom of God. That's, that needs to be our top priority. But if you sit around and you give your mind to just what's on the internet, what's on the Facebook and on the news and all of that kind of stuff, if you do this, then you're going to be inundated with the world's way of thinking. 
And you're not going to be thinking on things that God wants you to think on. Right? Again, I'm talking to born-again believers now when I say this, but you cannot fill your mind with and begin to follow the doctrines, the viewpoints of the non-born-again and then expect for yourself to be able to know the will of God for your life. You're going to find yourself tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. You see, if you want to take a a moment here, you can go ahead and look at a couple more passages of Scripture with me. We're going to stay here in the New Testament and turn toward the back of your Bible to, again, to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. I quoted earlier from 2 Peter chapter 1, but I want you to look with me here at 1 Peter chapter 1, and we'll look down at verse 17. And it says here, And if you call on the Father, now I'll pause right there, because those first seven words of verse 17 there are the qualifying words to what we're about to read here. That is, if you call on the Father. In other words, if you call yourself born again. And there is a distinction between the born again Christian and just the person that says, oh yeah, sure, I'm a Christian. I was born in America, I'm a Christian. But if you call on the Father as one of His children, born of the Holy Spirit, then here's what you need to know. Speaking of the Father, it says, who without partiality judges according to each one's work. Conduct conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear. Now that word fear there speaks of dread and terror. And Rome, or Hebrews, sorry, 12, 29 says that our God is a consuming fire. God will judge each one of us according to our works. So since this is the case, we're told here to conduct our lives throughout the time of our stay here. That is all the way till the end of our lives, no matter how much time you have on the earth, we should be living in extreme reverence of God. And this is why it is so important for us to know the will of God, to be transformed in our minds. And it's important for us to know His Word, whereby we can know His will. Because you see, our God has gone again, He's gone to the greatest of lengths to bring us unto Him, to give us the opportunity to come unto Him, to have eternal life to make us to be into right standing with Him. And verse 18 says, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold. You see, today it's all about money and what money can buy and who's getting the money and who's not getting the money. And I should have the money. Why does He have the money? And all this, right? Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct, that's the problem, aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, right? So money, prestige, familial status and such, none of this will make or has made it possible for you 
and me to have eternal life in heaven. Verse 19 tells us here that it was the precious blood of Christ. As of a lamb without blemish and without spot, he indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. You see, we're still living in the last times. Okay, there will be no more major works of God amongst humanity as it relates to the redemption of mankind. What's done is done. It was all done with Jesus. Right? What God has to has desire to accomplish for us has been accomplished in Christ Jesus and Jesus alone. Jesus is the answer to all the sin of the world today. Everything, every bit of it, He is the answer. Because when a person is born again of the Spirit and they're transformed by the renewing of their mind, they're not going to be out running amok. They're not going to be opinionated. They're going to be humble. They're going to be servants of the Lord. They're going to be walking in the fruit of the Spirit. And they're going to be doing good works. Jesus is the answer. So again, speaking of Jesus, it says here that He was manifest in these last times for you who through Him believe in God, who raised Him from the dead and gave Him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Now look at what it says next here, verse 22. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth, through the Spirit. Now that's another qualifying statement right there. This is speaking to the person that has made the, the decision to not conform to this world, as we read back in Romans 12, but rather has decided to be transformed by the renewing of their minds, and as a result, they now have purified their souls. How? By obeying the truth through the Spirit. Born again of the Spirit, you obey the truth, you now walk in righteousness and holiness. Doing what's right, you walk in good works that God has prepared for you. So again, the true Christian, or rather, I'd rather say the true followers of Christ are the people that have been born again of the Spirit of God. They've purified their souls and they're obedient to the Word of God. Are you following me here? Are you see what we're getting at? When we look at the chaos in the world, and I'm saying it begins with you, it begins with me, how are we living? Are we humbling ourselves? Are we making our opinions stronger? Becoming more opinionated in what we think? Are we conforming to this world? Taking a side? What side is Christ on? He's on the side of love. Peace, joy, patience, humility, kindness, gentleness. Do you see that in the world today from either side? Then you don't see Christ if you don't see that. And the Apostle Peter, through the inspiration of God, goes on here and says, Insincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible, not, yeah, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the Word of God, 
which lives and abides forever. I established that earlier, didn't I? The Word of God never fails. It lives and abides forever. Right? I spoke from 2 Timothy chapter 3 earlier. We went through that. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped in every good work. The Word of God is able to do a work in us and to teach us, to reprove us, to correct us, to instruct us in righteousness. And it ultimately causes a person to be born again. That's why I said if you're not born again, keep listening. Because you see God's will as we read the Word of God. What He wants from you. What He wants for you. To die to yourself, to take up the cross, to follow Him, to be filled with the Spirit, to live for Him in obedience to His Word. How much of the Word of God do you know today? The Bible. You know, we are all going to die. Unless the Lord takes His followers before that time comes, right? But otherwise, we're all going to die. If today is the day of your death, do you know that you have been born again? If the Word of God, what we're reading is the litmus test that tells you, yeah, I'm living like that. Have you been born again? Now, I don't know what you know of Jesus, but Jesus said that if a person is not born again of the Spirit, they will not see the kingdom of God. They will not see heaven. Jesus said that He is, like I quoted earlier as well, the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father except through Him. Acts 4.12 says that there is not salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must must be saved. Jesus is the only way. And He said, you must be born again. So if you're going to understand God, that is if you're going to know Him through being born again of His Spirit, then you're going to have to come to Jesus by faith. That is the key factor that really needs a very in-depth teaching of its own because without faith, it is impossible to please God. In the New Testament book of Hebrews chapter 12, it says that. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please Him for he, for he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Hey, Do you feel like you've not been rewarded by God? Do you feel like you've not known God's presence in your life? Well, maybe you should look and see, are you diligently seeking Him? Diligently seeking Him. Are you willing to die to yourself, not conform to the world? Drop your opinions. How much time do you spend in Facebook, social media, the news, compared to how much time you spend in the Word of God? That tells you right there your commitment. And you may say, I don't know the presence of God. God's not working in my life. Well, He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Right? So, your faith is coming in the question, right? And, and I would suggest continuing to read the Word of God. And if you haven't ever picked it up, start in the New Testament. Right? To make a commitment of your whole life to God, which God says is the reasonable thing to do, 
you must come wholeheartedly, right, with no intentions of turning back. Jesus said, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. But if you want to enter into eternal life, then you must come to Jesus. This is what the Bible teaches. You must come to faith in him. So read the word of God, study it as we're doing right now. In so doing, you will increase your faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans ten seventeen says, then when you come to God, right, fully surrendered, laying down your life, having repented of your sin, you will be born of the spirit and you will then be able to walk in obedience to the word of God, which is in the pages of the Bible as sound doctrine. You see, 1 Corinthians 2.14 tells us that the natural man, that is the the non-born-again person, the person that has not been born of the Holy Spirit, right? The natural man that's not following the lead of the Holy Spirit does not receive, it says, does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. That's why I said earlier, if like this makes you angry, rubs you wrong, there's a reason for that. You don't have the spirit of God. You've not committed your life to him. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You want to you expect to to receive from God and not be diligently seeking him, not be willing to give your life to him wholeheartedly, not be willing to be obedient to everything his word says to devote your life to to that, to growing in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that you may grow up in Him. If you're not willing to do that, you're never going to receive from the Spirit of God. So if you're listening to me here and you're saying, I don't believe this stuff, this is not what my religion teaches, or none of this makes sense to you, Well, I completely understand that if you've not been born again of the Spirit, right? Now, this does not make... You see, when when I talk about being born again of the Spirit, let me tell you something. I'm not trying to say it makes one special over another or better than anyone else in any shape or form, right? We're all human beings, no matter our religious beliefs, whatever they may be. Whether you choose to believe it or not, though, you are created in the image of God. You're never going to get away from that. You're never going to escape that. And you're never going to escape the fact that God loves you. Right? And that by His Spirit, He's reaching out to you to come to faith in Jesus Christ. And maybe... For the non-believer or the non-committed right now, maybe that's why you're listening. And if God loves you, if God loves the world, God so loves the world, He wants people to get saved. He's not willing that any should perish. Why shouldn't I love everyone else? Why shouldn't we all love one another just as fellow human beings on the earth? Okay? But if, again, if your heart is being prodded today, today may be the day of salvation. You can call on God today. 
So again, like I mentioned earlier, the truth of the matter is, is that we will all one day die. And here in verse 24, it says, because all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass, the grass withers and its flower falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Now, this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. You see, and that's what you're hearing. The gospel, the good news that you can be born again. You can have a new beginning today in Christ where the old passes away and all things become new. But you must present yourself a living sacrifice to him. You must commit your life to Him. That simply means that you lay down your rights to your own life and you, and you allow yourself to be born of the Spirit and then you come to obedience in the Word of God and you allow it to transform you and you stop being conformed to this world. That's the problem in our world today. People are conformed to the world, opinionated, self-righteous, lacking humility, running amok, not obedient to the Word of God. Because the Word of God transforms a person, renews a person. All, all, All things become new. There's new life in Christ. So we're probably about, I don't know, 35 minutes or so into this teaching. I don't have it in front of me here time-wise. But I'm going to go ahead and stop here for now and make this part one of this entire teaching. But if you have time, uh, I suggest you uh, join us in part two, which will most likely not be live. I might go ahead and record part two, not live like this. And maybe part three as well. So thank you for watching. We'll go ahead and stop here. I encourage you, get in the Word of God. And I encourage you, if you profess Christianity, then present yourself a living sacrifice. Don't conform. Don't conform to this world. It's not what God wants you to do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your holy word. Thank you for your grace, your mercy. Thank you for your love, the greatest love outreach of all that you gave your only begotten Son, that whomsoever would believe on Him would not perish but have everlasting life. And Jesus, you you promised abundant life to those that would follow you as well. So Lord, we thank you for your spirit teaching us. We thank you for your living word instructing us this day. And we love you, Lord, only because you first loved us. So thank you again for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless. Thanks for watching. Again, look for part two of this teaching.